0: Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin the News, where today we've got a very special guest for the very first time on this show here. We're welcoming the one, the only Bill O'Reilly. Yes, the man who's got the incredible no-spin news show, author of 17 best-selling books, award-winning radio show, Emmy Award winner, incredible journalist, and all-around American Thought Leader. What a big opportunity. We're going to talk to him about all the news of the day, particularly how to deal with this cancel culture movement that is dominating America and frustrating America, as well as what will this election turn on? Lots of great questions to ask Bill O'Reilly. You always get straight answers, candid answers, factual-based answers. So I'm super excited to have that level of a talent coming on here and being able to talk to us. What an exciting day. And then we're going to pivot to our good friend, Cash Patel I've known Cash for a long time and he is the preeminent expert on the f- details of Russia collusion and its unwinding the Hillary Clinton culpability the latest developments in the John Durham investigation today very interesting Michael Sussman's lawyers the former Clinton campaign lawyer who's indicted for lying filed a court filing accusing John Durham of trying to taint the jury pool essentially try to muddy the waters by releasing so much information in these court filings. Such an important battle going on there. Clearly John Durham's filing that came out over the weekend had a profound effect on Democrats. They're not happy. They're pushing back, going to the court saying, hey, we don't want this much information being put into the court filings. Somebody's not happy on the Democratic side. Very interesting today. We're going to talk to Cash Patel about that, all the things that are part of this new filing that, and why it matters, what it could mean down the road as we get further into the Durham cases and the Durham investigation. But that's a great show. That's, a, that's plenty to talk about. Before we get there, I just want to point out a couple things on Justin News that I think are important to really comprehend. First is north of the border, where Justin Trudeau, the Canadian prime minister, has temporarily suspended the rights of Canadians to clear this protest. Just think about that for a second. Rights are apparently dissolvable in Canada for something that clearly isn't a war crisis. There wasn't a terror attack. We're not in the midst of a war. So the suspension of the basic rights of Canadians, just because an inconvenient truck protest has gotten so much attention, I think a lot of people are beginning to talk about that and wondering What's going on on the Jeffrey Epstein scandal front? Prince Andrew has ponied up some money and settled with his young female accuser in the Epstein sexual abuse suit. This is the case involving Virginia Jeffrey, who has long claimed that she was sexually abused by Prince Andrew, a civil settlement notice there that will probably preclude a pretty salacious set of conversations in the court there. Here's one that you ought to know about. This may scratch your head a little bit, but the National Defense University hosted a speaker who actually made the argument in front of our NDU recipients that democratic socialism is the appropriate answer to the threat that China poses in America. Wait a second. Become more like China? Become socialist in order to defend against China? I'm kind of confused by it, but... This speaker, Thomas Piketty, a French academic, currently a professor at the University School of Economics, the Paris School of Economics and School for Advanced Studies and Social Sciences. Piketty has also written several books, including Time for Socialism. And here's what he argues. Western countries are still struggling to define their attitude toward the Beijing regime. In this talk, Mr. Piketty will argue that the right answer lies in ending Western arrogance and promoting a new emancipatory and egalitarian horizon on a global scale, a new form of democratic and participatory ecological and post-colonial socialism. All right, you got that first right here on Just the News. We put all the documents up. You don't have to take our word for it. You can actually see the document and see what it says. That's a fun one. And then I want to go back to the story I started developing on this show yesterday and last night really tried to put it together for you. The last set of Durham filings, really going back to last October and with the indictment of Michael Sussman, there is somebody that actually has some fallout from this who's in a current power position and not someone who's out of power because Hillary Clinton's gone, but he's in power now. Of course, we all know him as the national security advisor for President Biden, Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan, as I said on the show yesterday, was asked point blank back in 2017 when the Russia scandal was hot and heavy and Democrats were assuring everybody, we have evidence of collusion, which by the way, never existed. Robert Mueller, John Durham, House Intelligence Committee. All have ruled out collusion, the FBI. All right, but when it was still hot and heavy, Jake Sullivan, who had been an advisor to Hillary Clinton, who had spread around some of the Russia collusion allegations, including the the faulty Alpha Bank theory, which we now know not to be true, he was asked this question under oath before the House Intelligence Committee when it was run by Congressman Devin Nunes. Quote, Are you aware of any collusion, coordination, or conspiracy by yourself or by any other members of the campaign that you are working with to procure fake Russian information to harm Donald Trump? And he responded, I mean, you'll forgive me if I want to say more than just an emphatic no to that answer because I find that totally absurd. That's what he said. Well, since that testimony, we now know that the intelligence committee concluded that much of the christopher steele dossier which jake sullivan says he was aware of and passing around and encouraging reporters to look into was russian disinformation disprovable disowned by the primary source igor danchenko who was working with christopher steele but we also know that the very theory that jake sullivan himself put out there when he put out a statement in late October 2016 saying there's now proof that Donald Trump had a secret communications channel with the Kremlin, Allah, the alleged and now disproven Alpha Bank communications theory. He put that statement out. We now know that that has not only been disproven after the fact, that going into the period when the Clinton campaign in the form of Michael Sussman and others was beginning to concoct and spread this story, right, to put it out there that they had reason to believe it was true. Now, not Jake Sullivan directly, right, but the people around him, these computer executives were writing each other. I want to pull some of these pieces of information out of the Durham court filings over the last few months because it's been pulled together. But there's a tech company executive who was kind of leading the effort. And he writes, uh, according to the indictment, this tech executive writes that he expressed his own belief that the Trump email domain that was you know, the subject of the allegations that Sussman was conveying to the was not a secret communications channel with the Russian bank, but a, quote, red herring, meaning a false thing, a false flag. And then another one wrote, how do we plan to defense against the criticism? This is not spoofed traffic. Hmm. They actually thought it was fake, spoofed traffic. It wasn't real. So before... The Clinton campaign brings us to the FBI before they take it to the news media, before Jake Sullivan puts out a statement, there's a discussion in their own group that what they're about to give the FBI, what they eventually bring to the CIA, isn't true. All right, now let's go back to what Jake Sullivan just said for a second, because he said, it's absurd to suggest we're passing around Russian allegations that were untrue. I think Jake Sullivan's testimony did not age well, did not age well. Now, one can argue, all right, well, maybe they kept him out of the loop. He was too busy. They didn't tell him that it was bogus. But I asked a lot of people about this, and I want to remind you yesterday what Daniel Hoffman, the former station chief for the CIA in Moscow, one of America's long-term experts on Russia and Russia tradecraft and foreign policy, he said that Saying you didn't know isn't good enough for someone at the stature and level and importance of Jake Sullivan. Quote, this is what he said on the show yesterday, because I think it's very important to remember this. Daniel Hoffman, former CIA officer, former station chief for the FBI in Moscow, I'm sorry, CIA for Moscow, our main guy in Moscow for a period of time. Quote, if you're the national security advisor or you're the foreign policy advisor for presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, you got to be able to look at the information and vet it before you make a conclusion. You've got to look at the information and vet it. And he he goes on to say that Sullivan deserves serious fault because he never challenged his own assumption. He never challenged the information he's receiving. That's something that a national security advisor should be doing if they're going to make it public and make the allegation publicly. Important story we wrote. I think it's really important that we understand the magnitude of people that willingly participated in building a narrative of trump colluding with russia that turned out to be false we all were misled this country was put through turmoil all right donald trump got his lumps right Not a lot of people feel sorry for donald trump but you know he was clearly wronged carter page was clearly wronged a guy who was helping the cia but portrayed as a russian stooge for a while there are so 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 many people that were involved in the creation and the sustenance of a story that has turned out to be blatantly wrong, not mildly wrong, somewhat wrong, blatantly wrong. And I think that that is such an important thing to take a look at. Finally, Nick Ballasy, my good friend and colleague here at Just the News. Good story today, General Motors. We know when we bail them out over the years, they've gotten billions of dollars of government subsidies since 2000, I think 8.2 billion since 2000. Well, they were spending big coin on Sunday to run a 30-second commercial, apparently up to seven million dollars on the Super Bowl, touting their electric vehicle program. It had a kind of a Mike Myers, I think, was in it, Austin Powers-themed. Remember, you know, and it just promoted the EV lineup. Well, we're still apparently states are not the federal government now, but states are giving GM more subsidies to these vehicle makers. It kind of may raises the question. Why are we giving money to car companies that have enough money to buy a ritzy, expensive, top of the dollar Super Bowl ad? That's the question that is raised in this story that Nick Ballacy wrote today. Something to think about. Government motors, GM motors, general motors, as it really called. A lot of people used to impugn them as government motors for taking a bailout. But they are what they are. These are good questions. People should ask, do we need to subsidize corporations that really can afford to Buy Super Bowl commercials for vanity purposes or vanity messaging. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, up first, an extraordinary interview, exclusive interview with Bill O'Reilly, followed by a discussion with Kash Patel, somebody that knows more about Russia collusion and the unraveling of it than anyone else. He was the chief investigative counsel for the House Intelligence Committee, then went to work for President Trump the National Security Council, and then at the Defense Department. Two great guests coming up right after this commercial break. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. A very special guest, the uh, host of the incredible show, No Spin News, one of America's greatest thought leaders, You've all read his incredible book series, The Killing Series. Joining me right now, the one, the only, Bill O'Reilly. Bill, great to have you on the show.
1: I appreciate you taking the time, John. How you doing?
0: I am well. I am well, and I'm uh, looking forward to, if I should have mentioned, your Extraordinary History Tour series as well with President Trump has been a blast. A new episode coming up this weekend, right?
1: Yeah, we're well, letting everybody see, we did the four shows in December and two in Texas and two in Florida. Then we've cut it down to about an hour and 20 minutes, the highlights from all four shows. And if you go to BillOReilly.com, if you're a premium or concierge member, and I hope you'll consider signing up for that, you get it free. Wow. And if you, if you don't want to, then there's a nominal fee to see it, and you'll see a Donald Trump you have never observed before. He's totally different with me in these concerts uh, than he's ever been. So yeah. I think it's worth checking out.
0: I couldn't agree more. Uh, You've you brought out a lot of different sides of Donald Trump that we don't get to see in the mainstream media. It's a, it's an absolute masterpiece. I want to ask you about the state of America, and let's start with what's happening across the border, because I think it's a reflection of what we feel here. What do you make of the truckers' convoy, the protests in Canada, and what does it say about the state of freedom in the Western world?
1: Well, it can be applied here in the United States, um, and we would have the same situation had not the uh, Omicron thing started to decline about three weeks ago. So what you have is you have uh, a very devoted liberal governance in all countries in the world, not just Canada and the USA, that basically say, look, we're going to tell you what to do with the COVID. And you're not going to have a voice in it. So we're going to tell you you got to wear a mask, you got to get vaccinated, you got to, you know, stand on your hands, whatever it may be. We're going to do that, uh, and a very significant part of the human population objects, and and there are a variety of reasons. Some of them are valid, some of them are not. Um, but in Canada, it's a very small country. It's split between a conservative, traditional West part of the. Uh, nation and then a very liberal east part it's almost like the united states in the in the split and the truckers basically said look uh, you're not going to tell me that i gotta get four shots or two shots and you know i'm not going to do that and i'm going to use the power of the truck to shut down a government and they did yeah. and they won the truckers won so little justin trudeau a very weak leader a uh, very liberal man I don't really know what to do, um, and he's lost in the, you know, he looks very weak. He'll never be reelected again up there. Yeah, the polling's um, devastating. Right. And so, you know, to me, I'm a vax guy. Uh, I believe in the uh, power of the medicine to protect me to some extent. I understand that Dr. Fauci is a propagandist, not looking out for the folks. I clearly understand that. I don't believe uh, in the extreme measures that the left is using. I don't believe in it. But at this point, the greater good for me and my family is to get vaccinated. But I don't believe the government should be telling people that they have to and that's the crux of the matter.
0: Yeah, it really is. I'm the same way. My family's all vaccinated, but I do think it's a personal choice you make with your doctor and your family. And and I think that imposition of the government has really felt intrusive to a lot of people. The the last couple of years have really been an experiment in big government. Joe Biden came in and said, "Government can fix everything." I'm going to prove it to you. We're about 14 months into the Joe Biden experience. Uh, is there going to be a backlash against big government in this upcoming election?
1: I think that the issue in November will be the economy almost 80%. Joe Biden is failing and there's no doubt he is. I mean even his most ardent supporters yeah. they can they can tell you he's not but everyone knows he is. Democratic Party does not want him to run again. They're looking around. Hillary Clinton's raising money although Hillary Clinton now has a lot of trouble with the uh, tapping of uh, the Trump Tower. So The Democratic Party understands that Joe Biden is diminished. He uh, has lost credibility. People don't believe that he can solve any problems whatsoever because he has not solved any problems. And so the Democrats are in disarray. But the real driver in an off-year election, in midterms, you know, no president running, um, is people are getting hurt by inflation mostly. That's the big thing. And they didn't get hurt under trump if you look back trump had the same circumstances he had COVID, all right and he had a you know a lot of disarray in the private marketplace but we didn't have supply chain problems and we didn't have inflation that's a pretty stark contrast to now yeah so i do believe that the democrats are going to get their butt kicked in november i can't see biden making a comeback he can't hit the fastball anymore and when you can't hit the fastball it's all over
0: yeah Oh, there's no doubt about it and, and uh, that pocketbook is feeling that pinch every day new numbers today just further accentuating how bad the economy has slipped i love all of your books the killing series is amazing i grew up as a, a son of a cop who did a lot of organized crime so killing the mob is one of my favorites i want to play on that word for a second the mob because there's a second element of this obviously you're talking about organized crime and did an amazing job in the book it's it's better than any godfather movie it's amazing but when I look at now, there's a mob mentality in America that seems to suffocate and cancel and restrain free speech. Are we in a sort of era of mob politics, and how do we get ourselves out of it if so?
1: This is very weird. So I'm working on my new column, which is posted every week on BillO'Reilly.com, Sunday noon. Yep, I must read. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it right now. That's exactly the topic. That I'm writing on. How about that? That is weird. How strange is that? (laughs) Solomon, you're a genius because I consider myself a genius, so we're on the same (laughs) level. How about that? Let me answer your question. I begin the column, because I've written half of it, with the Old West, because I wrote Killing Crazy. Yep. Right. And when you were in the Old West, if you were unfortunate enough to be a pioneer, I mean, the movies have romanticized it, but it was the most brutal existence you could ever imagine to move out West with no law, no structure, no comforts and threats all over the place from uh, Native Americans, from animals and you name it. OK, so what, what happened there was because there was no law and no structure and nothing that a mob mentality developed and thousands of people were executed mostly by hanging all right on allegations not on proof and the mobs were everywhere every community had the mobs the vigilantes and if you stole a horse or even if been accused of stolen a horse you had a rope around your neck that was the harsh reality of the old west and then of course the government moved in and imposed order but it took them you know about 70 years to do it here now we have a new mob mentality generated by social media so these cowards who are anonymous know they can organize and they can bring people down and they it happened to me so these mobs now go out and they use twitter and other things to demonize anyone they don't like, with false accusations, with all kinds of invective, and no one can stop it. So you don't know who they are. Um, you know, Some places they violate criminal law, but other places not. Civil lawsuits cost the person who files the lawsuit hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they are running wild. But now the new component, is that people like George Soros and these really, really radical leftists have organized the social media groups to attack. So a guy like Tucker Carlson can't get a Fortune 500 sponsor on his program because anyone who sponsors the Carlson program will be threatened by the social media people. And the corporations are generally cowardly and don't want to be in that position. So the danger to our democracy and freedom is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. This is the most dangerous time, even worse than the Vietnam time, which I lived through. Right. Okay, Because there doesn't seem to be any restraint on attacking people with whom you disagree so if you're a contrarian they're going to they're going to try to destroy your whole life your family and everything else and they are successful much of the time i was able to fight back from it because i formed my own corporation three of them okay and i fought back from it and am now at a very strong position again but you know and they can't do anything to me now because i run my own show all right But if you're working for a corporation and they want to get you, they're going to get you. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that is the extraordinary thing. Is the solution to create equal and opposite uh, infrastructure so that conservatives or or, or anyone of a different political opinion than the prevailing opinion can survive? Is that where we're headed? Sort of almost a European us and them uh, ecosystems that coexist?
1: Well, we're already there and the country's divided. But the only solution is social media and these big media companies that control the flow of information all over the world is legislation and I hate to say that because I don't trust um, the federal government I mean it just depends on who's there and what they're doing but you've got to have definitions um, made by Congress about what you can and can't do in the censorship realm that has to be put in there so for example if you were to tell the big media companies, if you take a post down or you refuse to run something, all right, then you have to file a, re, you know, a reason with the federal government. You'd have to create a whole new agency to do this. But you've got to file, and, you've got a, and we're going to review it. And if we don't think that you're being honest, we're going to fine you a lot of money. That would rein it in a little bit. It sure and then would. you have to make you have to make the defamation laws easier. So Bill O'Reilly is a famous name. All right? Everybody has heard Bill O'Reilly. It makes it a thousand times harder for me to sue people who attack me. So we have to go to the British system where I'm just like everybody else. And it's not a higher threshold for me to file a defamation suit. This you may remember, John. About 12 or 14 years ago, Al Franken put out a book uh, it said, Lying Liars uh, or Whatever. And he had my picture on the cover of the book. He did? Yep. Me, Limbaugh, a few others. Yep. I wanted to sue him because he said I was a liar because I, I put forth that I was born in Levittown, New York, which is a working class suburb. And he said that was a lie that I wasn't, that I was raised in an affluent suburb, Westbury. Now, I produced the deed to my parents' home in Levittown. I have it. It says Levittown. Not any doubt. Right. So, Franken lied and used my picture on his book to call me a liar. Now, there isn't more. That's, that's a slam dunk. He defamed me hurt me i should have been able to walk through that lawsuit right i couldn't file it because he says oh it was satire and he's a public figure so i can mock him and you can't sue me for that and he was right under our
0: current laws Yeah. yeah I think that's why Justice Thomas has suggested it's time to revisit some of those standards. There's
1: absolutely, yeah. oh boy, um, because if you did, and then you could find out what groups were behind the smearing on the internet, you could go get them.
0: Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the opportunity that we're missing right now. Uh, I know we only got a few minutes left. I want to ask about the new book, Killing the Killers. It comes out May 3rd. I'm very excited. Talk a little bit about how this digs into the war on terror. I can't can't wait to hear what this is about.
1: Best reporting I've ever done in my 47-year journalism. We have this book. It's about how the United States hunts down and assassinates terrorists all over the world. No one knows this. Because there is no reporting on it. Right. How could you? It's all classified information. Now last week Biden came out and said, Yeah, we got the current head of ISIS. Right. But that was a decision made by the Biden administration. No one would have known that had they not come out and said it. Well, there are literally scores of terrorists who have been assassinated by the United States government that nobody has even ever heard of, we tell you some of those stories and some of the high-profile stories, like what really happened to bin Laden, what really happened to al-Baghdadi and Soleimani, and people have no blanking clue what happened. No, they don't. And we base it on classified information. So technically, I could go to prison after this book comes out on May 3rd, John, (laughs) because I'm, I'm... You're
0: that far out there, yeah?
1: Yeah, I'm writing classified information. Wow. We got it. And we talked to every national security guy from Petraeus in the Bush administration all the way up to the end of the Trump administration. Amazing. Even the Obama people cooperate with us. Now, we don't quote them. Yep. It was on background, and we were able to check out what they said. I never put anything in any of my killing books that isn't true. Right. You know, this is the 11th killing book, Killing the Killers. It's amazing. And we have never had a problem with anything that we've said. It is the most successful nonfiction book series in history. Nineteen million copies of my books in print. It's unreal. So and seventeen bestsellers. Be best
0: best I, I can't get over this. I mean, you have seventeen best-selling books. I mean, people killed to get on the list once. You got seventeen.
1: How I does that happen? Seventeen number ones. It's- this will be eighteen amazing i think it'll I think it 'll break uh, on number one we 've already sold about twenty thousand copies in advance, and it doesn 't come out to may third you 'll get your copy by the end of the week. Um, I already pre-ordered. I'm in. No, I know. You'll get the best hardcover, though. We'll send you the galley.
0: That's awesome.
1: So that you can see it in advance. And and, and if you have any questions or comments, let me know. It's amazing. Um, But this is going to keep everybody up at night. There's no doubt about it. I
0: can't wait. It's such an important book, Bill. Everything you do is so important. It's such an honor to have you on the show. And can't wait to get you back. And thanks again for having me on your show yesterday. I had a blast
1: okay john thank you see you soon
0: you as well sir thank you all right folks we're gonna take a quick commercial break when we come back we're going to be talking to cash patel a man who knows an awful lot about the unraveling of the russia collusion case why because he said right alongside devin nunez and unraveled it you're going to want to hear this interview in just a few seconds we'll be right back after this commercial break
2: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As promised, one of the key players... In unraveling the Russia collusion false narrative that Hillary Clinton and Democrats foisted upon America. He was the chief investigative counsel of the House Intelligence Committee when Devin Nunes and team unraveled this. Cash Patel is back to talk about the bombshell revelations that came out this weekend from John Durham. Cash, great to have you back on the show.
2: John, thanks so much for having me back. Looking forward to diving in here.
0: I can't think of a better person to, to come and talk about this today. And I, I want to start with something because well, there's an element of the digital Watergate here, right, of, of the uh, Clinton campaign trying to hack in. I want to get that in a second. But there's somebody in power right now. In fact, he's in charge of the Russia crisis mm-hmm. right now. For uh, President Biden, his name is Jake Sullivan. He's the National Security Advisor, and I know in December of 2017, you sat across from him in a, in a sworn deposition before the House Intelligence Committee. And I want to read you this little exchange that occurred because I, I, I want to ask you if this was if this is accurate testimony. The question was: Are you aware of any collusion, coordination, or conspiracy by yourself? or by any other members of the campaign that you were working with, that's the Hillary Clinton campaign, by the way, to procure fake Russian information to harm Donald Trump? Pretty simple, straightforward question. He answers, you'll have to forgive me if I want to say more than just an emphatic no to that answer, because I find that totally absurd. That's his sworn testimony.
2: Based on what you know, did Jake Sullivan give honest testimony there? I don't believe so. I've I've been saying for some time, and I'm thankful you're focusing in on this, that Jake Sullivan, be investigated. Maybe is being investigated for committing perjury to Congress, amongst other things. I mean, you, you guys, uh, your audience, ha- you know, should be reminded that Jake Sullivan was the senior advisor of the Hillary Clinton campaign when they were running against Donald Trump. Jake Sullivan tweeted out the Alpha Bank server story and said this basically shows Trump Russia collusion. Jake Sullivan, at the time, on behalf of the campaign, was paying the lawyers that Perkins Coie, the DNC. Michael Sussman is now indicted. By the special counsel, millions of dollars, not only to perpetuate the steel dossier fraud, but now we find out an even bigger cor- corrupt criminal enterprise. Yeah. They, were, they were the ones who went and bought and paid for a tech company to conjure up fake information regarding yeah. the Alpha Bank server. And then Jake Sullivan tweets out, oh, look what we found. Look what we see now. Not found. He's de- and now he denies knowing anything about it, as he did in 2016 and 17 when he was under oath. I don't
0: believe a, a single bit of it. Yeah. And when you look at the body of evidence that Durham assembled, first in the indictment assessment and then in the follow-up court motion this past weekend, there is a very dramatic uh, set of events. In the middle of October, a few weeks before, Jake Sullivan goes out with the press release saying, hey, look, Donald, this is real strong proof that Donald Trump was colluding with uh, Russia because he had a secret backdoor Alpha Bank channel. By the way, FBI ruled that out. Robert Mueller ruled that out. John Durham has ruled out. It was never true. But when he All puts right. that out, two weeks before that, he has a series of email exchanges with Sussman and the law firm about about this specific thing. So he's in the know well before it comes out in the public, according to Durham's own court filings. Um, are there other things that um, when, when, when Jake Sullivan basically said to you in that deposition, I don't know what was going on with the, the law firm. They did their own thing. I'm not in charge of their thing. Do you see a body of evidence that contradicts that?
2: Yeah, because... As we now know, thanks to John Durham's latest filing, also, this latest um, tech company hired by the lawyers for the Hillary Clinton campaign began in the spring of 2016. Unbelievable. So, are, are we to believe that Jake Sullivan, the senior advisor of the Hillary Clinton campaign in the spring of 2016, did not know that his campaign on behalf of Hillary Clinton was spending millions of dollars to orchestrate the Steele dossier fraud and this other Alpha Bank server fraud to connect Trump to Russia? Are we to believe? that he had absolutely no idea this was going on. He just was throwing seven-figure monies at these fancy lawyers, and they, look, came up with the plan on their own on behalf of their client and didn't tell their client. No, I think Jake Sullivan is lying, and uh, hopefully he's being investigated.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Now, in that spring timeframe, when they began this effort to find what turns out to be manufactured pings, or you know manufactured suggestions, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, of a backdoor channel, which, you know, by the way, it's very important to say that in the court documents that I've read, Durham actually goes out of his way to say most of the computer experts that were being brought into this by the Clinton campaign were telling him this is not going to pass the smell test. This is a, Mm -hmm. quote, red herring, I believe one of them used. They were repeatedly warning the Clinton campaign, this is baloney, don't go with it, and they went with it anyways. But while that's going on, when all the data is being manufactured, gathered, massaged, whatever you want to call it, there's an intercept that we have now been declassified in which the CIA eventually relays to the FBI, initially it's the CIA director to uh, President Obama, saying there's an intercept of Hillary Clinton uh, or of a Clinton advisor saying that they have approved a plan to concoct a false Russia story, stick it on Donald Trump to help Hillary Clinton get out of her email scandal. So. When the Clinton campaign's talking in these phone intercepts, allegedly, if you believe the CIA, they're already talking about concocting a story. Everybody must have known, everyone seemed to be in on it, that this was a dirty trick from the beginning. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, don't forget the former CIA director, John Brennan himself, briefed President Obama that he had intelligence to show just what you said, that the Hillary Clinton campaign was concocting a scheme to show that Trump had ties with Russia. Where did John Brennan get that information from, and why did he brief it to the president? Of course, this was an ongoing matter that reached the heights of the CIA during the Obama administration and FBI, as we all know, with James Comey and his corrupt, crooked crew. Um, and for anyone to now say, and thankfully you're covering it, but anyone in the other media, for anyone to say Spygate was a, was a fiction of Donald Trump's imagination that his campaign wasn't spied on, now we know the truth. Spygate was not a fiction, and he was spied on, not only as a candidate, John, but as the president of the United States, the Hillary Clinton campaign's lawyers paid for an operation to wiretap the entire White House compound. Mm. This makes Watergate look like a parking citation.
0: <laughs> that, and that's saying something, uh, since the Watergate's always been the gold standard. That That is something that is really remarkable to me when you take a look at this that the, uh, so there's an initial effort before the, uh, the elections over in uh, November 2016 to stick this Alpha bank story on uh, the Trump campaign. And then afterwards in January, February, there's an effort to actually grab the DNS pings, the, uh, someone's mm-hmm. using a university is using their access under a federal contract to gather pings. and and spy on what's going on in Donald Trump's White House. And then they take that information, because I guess the Hillary Clinton campaign wasn't satisfied with the FBI's um, assessment of it. The FBI had ruled it out. And they walk it over to the CIA in the form of Michael Sussman. What is the penalty? You're a former federal prosecutor. What is the penalty when a campaign goes and injects something to the CIA and the FBI that is knowingly false?
2: Uh, (laughs) There's multiple penalties. First, and then they need to find out who organized such a conspiracy. A, then they're going out to use that information to spy on a campaign. You cannot use the American intelligence community and investigative authorities to spy on your opponents. That is literally the opposite of what our agencies and departments were built yeah. to do. You can't be able to funnel money from one de- well, one party to the other because they're your opponent. And so, the investigation that John Durham is doing is going to cover this sprawling criminal conspiracy. And there's other, you know, lying. Of course, we you know the thousand and one counts and all that stuff for Jake right. Sullivan and, and Sussman. But there's also other crimes here: computer-related crimes, uh, privacy act, right? crime, privacy act crimes against the government, yeah. crimes against uh, utilization of White House servers for political purpose. I mean, these are all uh, punishable offenses under the criminal code. So I think John Durham's looking at all of it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Now, it's been a slow process. I know a lot of people who have yeah. banged their pans like you and I for a long time that there needed to be justice here to make sure this doesn't happen again, right? Because one of the things, listen, at this point, the damage was done to Donald Trump. But the temptation mm-hmm. to ever do this again uh, is it rely to, to eliminate that relies on, on penalty. When you see what uh, Durham has now had to do, he's had to pierce the attorney-client privilege of the Clinton campaign and its law firm in order to get this information. Do you have a sense that there's a lot more coming down the pike, that this is just the beginning of another tsunami of revelations and and probably charges?
2: Yeah, I I totally believe this is just the beginning of the indictments and as you and I have always chatted, you know, it's gonna take a few more months to, to to get some more of these indictments out because now the world is seeing how complex this is. I mean, just think about it, John, hit pause for a second. You're asking a federal prosecutor to investigate a political campaign that paid for an operation to spy on a sitting president and his entire white house that's not something you can put together in six 12 months even 24 months that takes time you need the data you need the exploitation you need the subject matter experts you need to take them to the grand jury you need to get a bill of the, a true bill and then get a charging uh, document through federal court that is a process <laughs> normally this is the most abnormal situation in u.s history it's the Largest conspiracy ever concocted against a sitting president, and it's criminal, and that's why it's taking John Durham um, so long. But I think that's the only way he can do it.
0: Yeah, and when you look out in the first 72 hours after this story broke, other than just the news and Fox News and mainly just a handful of other yeah. people, mainstream media did not touch this story at all, even though a federal yep. prosecutor, under penalty of false statements to a court, has now declared emphatically. That there was an effort to spy on President Trump to uh, uh, pierce, it was basically, what we would call a, uh, a, a digital Watergate to get to spy on the internet communication pings that were going on between him at his home, at his Trump Tower, and the Trump White House. Three different locations.
2: Not a mm-hmm. single person reports it. How frustrating is that to you? Yeah, well, that's the second piece of this that nobody's talking about. Not only did the media have it wrong back then when we were running the Russiagate investigation and we unraveled the Steele dossier, the Nunes memo, and ultimately the Hitsi report showing no collusion, coordination, or conspiracy between Trump and Russia, but that Hillary Clinton had perpetuated that entire fraud. <laughs> Not only did they fail to cover that, even though we put the irrefutable facts from the FBI's own corrupt acts themselves out, they refused to cover it to this day. Now, when we say John Durham, a federal prosecutor says this is the evidence. No one—they're still not going to go back and cover their stories. They're still not going to excuse me correct their stories, and they're certainly not going to correct them or cover them going forward. But that's why we have to force the issue, and we have to take on the media, and we have to be willing to put out our fact-based narrative. Yeah. And eventually, some of those folks are going to have to cave because too many Americans are finding out about this. Thanks to great reporting like um, on your show.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing. I want to ask this question because we now know the chief counsel for the uh, Clinton campaign was in the know on this. As is uh, his uh, Michael Sussman, his deputy. Uh, we're told mm-hmm. that Jake Sullivan was brought into this, uh, a communications director who we believe may have been Jennifer Palmieri. They're all brought into a discussion in October before they put out this Alpha Bank story. And at the same, you know, shortly before that occurs, this is, I'm going to read ex- directly from the CIA memo to the FBI. This went to James Comey and Peter Strzok, the guy running the Russia investigation, September 2016, before any of us even knew it was going on. The CIA wrote that there has been an exchange, it's a direct quote, an exchange discussing U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's approval of a plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering U.S. elections as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private email server. There's an uh-huh. intercept, an exchange that the CIA is referencing where Hillary Clinton's giving approval to this concocted story as a former federal prosecutor. Does Hillary Clinton have potential liability here criminally?
2: She has potential culpability for sure. just proving it's going to be very difficult, John. Yeah. You know, Hillary Clinton is no dummy. She's extremely smart. She's extremely wicked um, when she's politically driven. And now we know that to be the case because it's coming all coming to light. So some of her minions, like Jake Sullivan, would have to, you know, turn – uh, well, 1st you he'd have to be charged and then would have to turn and cooperate, so yeah. I don't know if the folks that you listed are cooperating against her, but even if they were, the case against her would be, would be difficult to make. Yeah. That's not to say she's not culpable for criminal response, criminal conduct, it's just proving in the court of law is a different story. Yeah,
0: uh, such a, but there's, clearly that's the big challenge here and we're probably a long way from getting all those yeah. dominoes to fall, even if they were to fall. Uh, one last thing, because you did this interview, you you actually interviewed Jake Sullivan before the House Intelligence Committee. There is an amazing moment. I just want to rem- set the stage because most people who are listening may forget the details, like you and I know them. Um, the FBI t- gets this out. Uh, uh, the the uh, Clinton campaign concocts this Alpha Bank secret channel. Donald Trump talking to Vladimir Putin story. They give it to the media and they give it to the FBI, and the FBI rules it out. And then the New York Times rule, rule writes that the FBI has ruled it out take it Uh, it's not Uh true get rid of it and then two or three months after the election in february 2017 we now know that michael sussman the same lawyer for the hillary Clinton campaign that brought it to the uh fbi now brings it to the cia with even more bad data more erroneous data according to durham but just before that happened in february of 2017 you elicited from jake sullivan that he and john podesta went over in February and had a meeting with Glenn Simpson at Fusion GPS, the guy that was in charge of the whole Russia collusion thing in 2016, managing Christopher Steele for the law firm. And then in 2017, he's now moved over to a thing called the Democracy Integrity Project to keep the Russia, Russia, Russia fake narrative going. Mm -hmm. Why would Jake Sullivan, now months removed from the Hillary Clinton campaign, want to meet with the Russia uh, opposition research quarterback just before the lawyer he used to work with uh, goes to the CIA. Anything that jumps out about that now, given the great work you did in eliciting that? uh,
2: The the simple answer is uh, fact-based. It's because he wanted to ensure that his boss's wishes to concoct this criminal enterprise against President Trump was executed properly because they have been spending millions of dollars. That's why Jake Sullivan uh, took that meeting. And um, there should be an investigation about what happened at that meeting and what information was exchanged uh, more in depth. But it, for Jake Sullivan to now say, after taking this meeting where he's meeting with the head of Fusion GPS, who's paying Christopher Steele to, with the Democrats money to come up with this fake dossier. Now Jake Sullivan is still going to stand there today and say, I do not know anything about it. Though, you know, we were paying these lawyers a bunch of money. Now he's caught taking a meeting and I find it almost impossible to believe that he didn't have another meeting relating to, John Durham's latest uh, filing, which is that the White House was uh, penetrated by a company hired by the DNC on behalf of Hillary, excuse me, on behalf of Hillary Clinton, um, to spy on President Trump. Yeah,
0: when Sullivan looked you in the eye, because you were the one doing the questions at this point and said, I didn't know who was doing the research. I didn't know who was funding the research. I didn't know, and frankly, after the campaign ended, the story started being reported that this was being paid for by allies of the Clinton campaign. As far as I was concerned, that made total sense. I didn't learn about the Clinton campaign's arrangement with Perkins Coie until October, whenever you know. Do you believe that he didn't wasn't in the know at that point?
2: No, not at all. And that's why people need to be demanding questions, because he holds such an important position. He's the current national security advisor, the president of the United States. He runs the National Security Council, which runs the interagency process, which is in charge of defending our country. So this man needs to be questioned. He needs to be put in a grand jury by John Durham if he hasn't already been done so. And he needs to be questioned on his, did he lie to Congress, we'll call it criminal campaign against candidate Trump and President Trump? What was involvement in the steel dossier? What was involvement in the Alpha Bank server? And did he meet with Michael Sussman and Mark Elias at any point? And give directives to their counsel on how to operate. These are questions that have to be asked and answered by the current National Security Advisor to the President, Jake Sullivan.
0: Yep, and the media is not going to ask it, so we're going to have to find a way to do it. I'm going to finish up this yes. interview where we started. We started with the idea that Jake Sullivan, despite his testimony, clearly uh, foisted a lie upon the American public about Russia, alleging that there was this fake... Uh, communication or alleging there was a communication system between Donald Trump when somebody now the National Security Advisor now overseeing the Russia crisis in Ukraine at this very moment has a history mm-hmm. of lying about Russia so elaborately uh, giving a false story to the American public let's suppose he didn't know but he, fo- he didn't do his job as the, the chief security expert and he foisted mm-hmm. this false story on the American public uh, to great consequence years of investigation. What does it say to our allies about whether they can trust Jake Sullivan now in the middle of another Russia crisis?
2: Well, it's just another layer of the weakened national security apparatus in the Biden administration. Our our, our allies and our enemies um, have seen America fall from the world stage. Look at Putin, look at Xi, um, and then look at Germany as another example, and France as another. I don't think they take um, any offers. Or direction from the United States anymore seriously, like they did when President Trump was in charge. Because when he put his policies in motion, he had the backing of, uh, of and teeth behind those decisions that he would make on the world stage. Those world leaders had to respect them. Right now, unfortunately, John, I'm, you know, I hate to say it, but they just don't have that kind of respect for us, and we are being dictated to, and that hurts every American because it hurts our national security apparatus. And we need to fix that. And um, if this man, Jake Sullivan, has been doing all the things we've been talking about, he cannot be one of the leading figures taking on Ukraine or Russia or China or Iran or anything else for that matter.
0: Yeah, such an amazing moment in history, and we're, it took us six years to learn <laughs> what went on in just a six-month period so. of the 2016 campaign. But we wouldn't have known most of it if it weren't for you, Cash, and for Devin Nunes, your boss, and a handful of others in the Congress who dug in against great personal expense because you guys were getting attacked and you got the truth. <laughs> you, you stuck to the facts. And uh, it, it is it is a remarkable thing that those facts have now come to be uh, in the public domain for the first time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Cash.
2: Thanks so much, John, and I appreciate it, and I hope um, your fans get a chance to check out fightwithcash.com support where they
0: can. Absolutely. Such an important initiative to help people fight back against the false truths that have been foisted on this country. Check it out, folks. All right, Cash, we'll be back with you soon. Thanks, John. All right, folks. going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back in a few minutes.
1: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital.
0: All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Yep, our time is up. It's hard to believe, but our time is up. A couple things. If you want to check out the new TV show that I'm lucky to produce alongside of Amanda Head, a really great journalist, go to Real America's Voice tonight at 6 p.m. and every night at 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's called Just the News, Not Noise. It's on 6 p.m. You can get it on all of the places that Real America's Voice broadcasts. My fun way to do it, I watch it in many different ways, Pluto and Roku. But downloading the Real America's Voice app and putting it on your phone, your tablet, your television is a really great way because you get a lot of extra features that come with it, some interactivity. So go today. If you haven't done it, go on Real America's Voice. Get the download. Check it out. It's a great way to watch the television. Tonight, we have some amazing guests, including former NYPD top cop Bernie Carrick, the former commissioner of the NYPD, somebody that's involved in a lot of different subjects right now at this moment, including election integrity, the January 6th commission, law and order, the immigration battles. Great lead guest tonight. We're super excited about that. We also got several other big name guests coming on tonight and the rest of the week. So buckle up and check that out. Also, if you want to do something fun, you know, people come to me all the time and say, how can I support what is going on at just the news or at Just the news, not noise, or John Solomon reports? How can I get involved in that and make a difference and help succeed in the creation of new news and coverage that other people aren't doing well? One of the answers is you can support the great advertisers, the great sponsors, who have great products and great services. And one of those, of course, is our good friends at Birch Gold, Birch Gold Group. They have ways to protect your investments, particularly your retirement, your IRA and your 401k. If they're eligible, you can bring gold into them, a gold and silver backed 401k or IRA. They've got a comprehensive 20-page guide to check this out. And all you need to do to get it, it's really simple. Listen, it's worth checking out. I love it. I learned a lot when I got the guide, you just text the words "just news" to 989-898, 989-898. All right, so right now, just pick up your phone. You want to do something special for Just the News? Go check out the great folks at Birch Gold Group. I promise you, you're going to learn something about how to smartly prepare and protect your retirement and other investments, particularly during a volatile market time like we're seeing now with stagflation, rising inflation, and slowing economy on the lips of everyone and minds of everyone. All right, all you gotta do is text the words, just news, all one word, to nine eight nine eight nine eight. Right? Go do that today. You're gonna get an incredible twenty page pamphlet. You're gonna get educated and decide if this is right for you. I think it's an amazing opportunity. One of the very great sponsors of this show and of just the news. We're so grateful for all they do. All right folks, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports the Podcast from just the news. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. I'm really grateful that you listen. Good night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite.